Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Pull up a chair while I take a deeper dive into the concerns for the team's present and future. Questions are always welcomed, whether on Twitter, Tim815 on the Anchor Contest Line, or on my Facebook, Pre-Arb Excellence Group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode, Prospects and Labor Talks, and ask me questions if I was confusing. Two little bits of information to toss along, and one of them is how confused I am. I am very confused these days, more than I can state in words. I am very confused. But there's one thing about which I can state my confusion and that's going to be the second part of the podcast the first podcast is regarding the cubs prospect development camp i talked about the cubs prospect development camp in a just released podcast and since then i've had some information added and i had no idea on the information that was added until it was mentioned Dustin Geiger is a former Cubs prospect. In fact, Dustin Geiger probably hit, what do I want to say, second longest home run I've ever seen as a Cubs prospect in a game? Probably, probably. Um, If you've ever been to the Quad Cities facility, I saw Dustin Geiger hit one two-thirds, three-quarters of the way up the um, hill in left field, which now has a Ferris wheel at the top of it. Uh, Wasn't as long as the Ian Happ home run I saw in Appleton that left Appleton. Um, But no, it was a really, really lengthy home run. Dustin Geiger checked in seeing the Sahadev Sharma article on the Cubs prospect camp and said, this was what our prospect training was in 2011, right after I was drafted, have a week off after the season, come back, have a week off for Thanksgiving, come back, have two weeks off for Christmas, come back, stick around until spring training. Which basically sounds kind of close to probably even a little bit longer than what the Cubs have now. So when people say this is a brand new thing, this is totally different, this is better than ever, anything ever in the history of the world, we're basing information on what information we currently have. So presumably, what Dustin Geiger, who I follow, um, presumably what he said is accurate. And if that is, then the Cubs training, the uh, training may be different, but the time frame is similar to what it had been then. Might even be a little bit shorter than it had been then. As far as what's actually going on, how many players there were that were involved back then, I don't know about those, but a goal for an organization always ought to be to upgrade (laughs) how the player development is coming along. If it is C plus now, get it up to B minus next year. If it's D minus this year, get it up to C plus this year. 
upgrade, 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 make the players that are developing in the pipeline find ways to get them better and the organization will benefit. Along the lines of players organ um, players in an organization getting better, let's talk about the labor negotiations. I'm kind of probably sending out mixed messages. I'm probably sending out mixed messages and I better admit to it because there are two things that, well, there's an idea that I talk about as evil and talk about as necessary both at the same time, depending upon which sort of article I'm talking about. And it's time I call myself out on it and why I'm calling myself out on it. As of right now, I will use Jordan Wicks as an example. Now, Jordan Wicks might not be the best example in the history of the world, but he's a very present example. Jordan Wicks was a 21-year-old first-round draft pick by the Cubs. He got a slot value signing bonus. So he's not hurting for cash by any stretch. By no stretch is Jordan Wicks ever going to need to um, take a banjo with a large cardboard box out to the um, street, wherever he is, and play a little banjo and sing a little bit and hope people chuck quarters or dollar bills or fivers in his box. He's not going to be broke. He did get a nice signing bonus. So if someone is... Well, he got paid a signing bonus, so he should never complain about anything in his life. I'm not going to take that road. I'm not going to take that road. For me, it's not about did he get paid. He got paid because he did very well as a junior at college in the Big 12. Congratulations for him. I'm glad the Cubs selected him. They, The Cubs paid him what was required to get him to sign, and the Cubs now have him for an extended period of time. You know that, and I know that. As of now, 21 years old, let's say he goes to Myrtle Beach this year, starts there, gets to Tennessee. Then in 2023, he goes Tennessee and gets to Iowa, somewhere toward the end of the season. Then in he's in Iowa for most of 2024. He has a little bit of injury concerns, and the Cubs decide to not call him up in 2024. But decide to wait until 2025 to call him up. They add him to the 40-man roster in the offseason. Then he has his couple years of bouncing up and down, bouncing back up and down. And then when he finally gets to the Cubs, he sticks around for his until 6.000 years of service time. And then after that season, he would become a free agent. That would put Jordan Wicks as a free agent around the time he's 33 years old. 
33 years old. Now, that might be tolerable, acceptable for you. And for quite a few people, they don't even contemplate when a player becomes a free agent. Heck, um, Frank Schwindel's not going to be a free agent until he's like 36 years old. That doesn't quite seem right. So I'd rather have some sort of a setup, some sort of a setup. I'm not sure what exactly would work, but I don't want players to be free agents at 23 or 24 or 25. I don't want players to be free agents at 33, 34, or 35. I want it to be somewhere in the middle, 27, 28, maybe 29, a situation where in most situations, a player eventually, at some point, at a reasonable time period, gets to decide, you know, I want to go play for this team over here. Why do you want to go play for them? Because they paid me more than this other team was willing to pay. At some point, the player should receive the market cap, market value of what he's worth, and I want that to be before he's 32 or 33 years old. And Jordan Wicks, reasonably well, could be Cubs property, and I use the word property in its most literal sense. Cubs can do whatever the heck they want with him. He has no say until he's 32 or 33 years old. So now that's, that's one thing I'm saying. Then there's another thing that I'm saying, which is the Cubs really ought to focus on the draft because if they end up getting the right player in the draft, they will have his rights for, depending upon which guy, maybe until he's 32, 33 years old. See how I'm saying the the one time, see how, bleh, 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 try that again. It doesn't take too much astute listening to realize. In one sentence, I'm saying it's horrible that players don't become free agents until they're 31, 32, 33. And in the next sentence or the next podcast, I'm saying it's a great thing that players don't become free agents until they're 31, 32, or 33. See how I do that? It's both the exact same concept. It's exactly the same concept. And in one sentence, I'm saying I don't like it. And in another sentence or another podcast, I'm saying it's important that the Cubs, and it's probably important that Cubs fans keep an eye on this is how it works. So yeah, I'm confused. I don't like how things are. I don't like that players are treated as property. It's not desirable. However, that's how it is now. Until such point as the Major League Baseball Players Association gets things changed, players are going to be treated as property until they're 31 or 32 or 33 years old, or if you're Frank Schwindel, 35 or 36 or 37. Because that's the way the rules are written. 
That's the way the collective bargaining agreement works. So when I'm talking about players who are potentially going to be being drafted, I'm going by what the rules are now. And since it sounds like the Players Association has run away from the concept of having players become free agents earlier, it really sounds like the concept of Frank Schwindel's not going to be a free agent until he's 36 years old is a reality because the Players Association is not fighting for that anymore as of whatever day today is. So yeah, I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth and I admit it. The goal for an organization ought to be to exploit every benefit they possibly have. Exploit every single advantage that they have. Every organization ought to be trying to do that. Every single one of them. The Cubs included. The Cubs have a wonderful facility out in Mesa, Arizona. They ought to be exploiting that to the complete nth degree. And this offseason, it sounds like they're kind of doing that. Kudos to them. When researching the draft, the Cubs have done a fairly good job recently of assessing these could be our players until they are 31, 32, 33 years old. Which to me seems more important than focusing on, hey, maybe we can get Trevor Story for a year. Or my favorite, my other favorite one, hey, let's trade a really, really, really good prospect for Tyler Glass now because I've heard of him. I still don't really get that one. You know, if Tampa Bay wants to give Glasnow to the Cubs for like $3.47, that's fine. But Tampa Bay's not going to do that. When Tampa Bay makes a trade, they exploit the other team. I don't want the Cubs giving up Kevin Alcantara or Owen Casey to get one season of Tyler Glass now. And no, the concept of, but they could extend him, is not going to make me feel all warm and fuzzy and better because Tyler Glass now, if he's on a whatever it is deal he's with with the Cubs, is not going to mystically, hey, I would love to sign an extension with the Cubs for umpteen further years without first consulting with the other 29 teams in the league. Why would that make any sense? That would be stupid. As things go along, on into the future, the teams that are going to be successful are the teams that turn first-round draft picks into successful long-term players. The teams that are going to be successful are the ones that turn second through fifth round draft choices into successful long-term players. The teams that are going to be successful at the major league level are going to be the ones that turn their top international signings into useful major league talent. One way or another, either by walking them all the way through the pipeline or trading them partway through for useful pieces. 
A team is not going to be successful simply off of, hey, we made one free agency signing for a really old guy, and he happened to have a couple of good years for us. That's not how it's going to work. The Cubs were not a successful team simply because John Lester had some really good years. The Cubs were a very good team in 2015, 2016, 2017, in part because of John Lester, but largely because the Cubs at that time had four all-star caliber type players who were basically making league minimum. That's still going to be important. Do I know which ones of Kevin Alcantara, Owen Casey, Christian Hernandez, Pete Crow Armstrong, do I know which of those guys are going to be the ones that are going to cash? No, I don't. There is no way for me to see that well into the future who is going to do what. Can I tell sitting here right now how well Jordan Wicks will do in the year 2024? No, there is no way I can know that, nor is there any way you can know that. If the Cubs develop well, they'll be fine. If they don't develop well, they'll be screwed. How the CBA changes in the next six weeks or six years, I have no idea. Until the CBA does change, getting quality production from young players will be somewhere between kind of important and essential. Somewhere between. I would lean kind of toward essential. So yeah, there's going to be some reliance on players who nobody's ever heard of which kind of sucks for a lot of people. I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth because I do not like that Jordan Wicks is going to be treated as property until he's 32 or 33 years old. That said, since Jordan Wicks is going to be treated as property until he's 32 or 33 years old, the Cubs might as well get that angle of things right. I don't like talking out of both sides of my mouth, but the labor negotiations have me doing so, and that's the facts of life. Thanks for stopping by. Have a great day, and college baseball starts this week.